Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, first right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. Our videos drop every Monday and Friday. Once again, videos drop every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube. You can catch the audio version of this podcast at War or Anchor. The audio version drops every Tuesday and Saturday. Once again, the audio versions drop every Tuesday and Saturday at War or Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Please type in those search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can also go to our website, weareregalradio.com. And you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on a podcast, and we have very definite opinions. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> the, the Chicago, as we start off with uh, baseball talk, Lakina, the Chicago White Sox are 58 and 38. They're they are battling the Milwaukee Brewers as we speak in a three-game series up in Miller Park. I know it's called the new corporate name, which I will not say here, even though I'm not a Brewers fan. But being a Sox fan, you get what I'm coming from with that. Uh, so, of course, Sunday night's game will be on ESPN at 6 o'clock for those of you who have been living under a cave. Also, for those of you who have been living under a cave, if you follow the White Sox, if you claim you've been following the White Sox, uh, your main Mercedes, who was the, uh, the story of the first half of the season, at least for the first month of the season, rather, uh, uh, suddenly announced his retirement late Wednesday night, but the next day changed his mind and went back to AAA Charlotte. Lakina, I know that we talked about the, I don't want to go through this again, the quote-unquote incident in Minnesota uh, back in May. Uh, we documented his struggles, uh, at least on the field, after that only hitting two home runs. And we said that there was there needed to be a change or a change was coming for him soon. Of course, he was sent down to the minors. I don't want to speculate on what's going on outside the field because we're not there. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, hopefully th- uh, whatever he's going through, he's okay. I'll just leave it at that. But I, my thought on this is that I know that he's fighting for a career. And I know he's had a taste of the big time. He was loved by everybody in the city. He was the biggest story in Chicago. He was the biggest story, if not the biggest stories in baseball through the first month and a half of the season. We documented that he was late a couple of times. Manager Tony La Russa benched him, which I was in, in, the, uh, in, in support of at the time. I said... Tony Lewis was the uh, was the right manager for this team, even though they had some key young veterans on the squad. This is still much a very young squad. Now, for your main Mercedes, I I am trying to put myself in his shoes, even though none of us have gone through what he's going through right now. I get it that that you have had a taste of success after battling your whole adult baseball career to get to the big show. You want to keep your spot there, but where, if you don't get to the big leagues again, where do you go? What do you do? Yeah. It's just that uh, my hope is that whatever's going on, if there's anything going on, that 
he, he can get uh, support. I know the, his teammates, uh, when he was with the White Sox, supported him throughout that whole incident. I'm using air quotes here in, uh, at Minnesota back a couple of months ago. Whatever he's going through right now, whatever um, was going on, if anything's going on, that he'll get the support that he needs. I just want him as a human being to get back on track. Do I want him on the White Sox as a White Sox fan? Sure. But you know, whatever is going on, if there's anything going on, hopefully that he's okay and he can resume his baseball career. I know that Tony LaRusso came out on Thursday and said that he's uh, behind Yerming 100%. I know that his teammates up here in Chicago are still behind him. And uh, will he be heard from again this season? I hope so. But even even that, if your man is not heard from on the big league roster again this year, hopefully that things are going well. I just hope I didn't paint um, too much of a picture that that we're suggesting something is going on that we think we know about because we're not there, I'm not there. So whatever went through his mind over the last few days or whatever since he's been down in the minor leagues, Hopefully those issues are clearing up and he can resume his baseball career. I think for well, I think for me that you know it all started like a couple of months back when he scrubbed everything White Sox. He had everything White Sox. He plays a triple A Charlotte and he always, you know, has you know White Sox stuff all over the place now. All of a sudden, a couple of months back, he scrubbed it. So I don't know if he maybe it's something mentally, or maybe he kind of feels like, okay, there's not gonna be room for him now that Eloy is coming back and <laughs> Robert's coming back. So I kind of feel like, okay, all right. Okay. And then he came back yesterday. So, I mean, on Thursday, so I'm, I'm you know, to the, to the, the AAA team down there in North Carolina. I mean, uh, who who knows? I mean, it's one of those days where you don't know what's going on in, in a, in a player's mm-hmm. head. I mean, it could, could it be something mental? Could it maybe just be that he kind of feels like he felt the love and maybe he feels like, you know, there's not going to be any room for him up here with those two guys I mentioned mm-hmm. coming back. So I'll, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I hope, look, I hope he can kind of get his head together and, you know, get his mind right. I mean, it is just, it's just one of those things where you like, he was such, you know, beloved and was such a cult figure here in Chicago, those first few months of the season. And then he, you know, then, you know, pitchers started catching up with him, well, up with him and started mm-hmm. learning what, you know, what, you know, his style. So that, that kind of took a toll on him and he got sent back down to the minors and, you know, he's been struggling there and now he had, you know, all the weird things that happened earlier this week. So like I said, hopefully, I don't want to get too much into this because like, again, we don't really know what, what's going on in his mm-hmm. head, but you know, hopefully he can, you know, if he can find peace and maybe, you know, maybe once they extend the, the rosters later, later on, you know, next month, you know, maybe he'll be able to come back and there'll be room for him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think, I think right now we just really don't know. And uh, getting back to what's, go- what's going on with him on the field, we talked about this before, Lakina, when uh, um, struggling from mid-May on. Pitchers were adjusted to him, how to get him out. He never made the adjustment. And we talked about that at the time, Lakina, uh, the way the schedule was playing out, that uh, especially when they started playing against these National League teams uh, in their ballparks, uh, in particular that series against that quick two-game series against Pittsburgh, which they ended up splitting. Uh, the uh, the DH, the designated hitter rule, was not allowed. So he almost had a whole week off there. And there were some conversations uh, that uh, he was going to get sent down. Eventually he got sent down. We all know that baseball is a numbers game. You failed the majority of the time. But for your mean, the struggle was real. He didn't make the adjustment to what the pitchers were throwing at him. As I said, during that time, Lakina, I said, take the pitch, pitches that is given to you. 
it looked like he started to turn around in the beginning of June, but he went back to his old self again, thinking that every ball that was going to be thrown to him would be a home run. It just doesn't work that way here uh, uh, in the big leagues. So he failed to adjust consistently. Hopefully he's getting the work down there in, in Charlotte. Like you said, like even once they expand the rosters uh, going into the month of September, hopefully he's one of the call-ups. So maybe he'll be heard again on the field. It may, it may just maybe just one more tiny thing uh, related to him off the field. Maybe this will kind of humble himself. Yes, he had a taste of the, of the big show. And maybe this will humble yourself and use it as motivation and say, and say if I don't do this, if I'm not on my P's and Q's, I haven't earned my spot yet. I had a taste of it, but I want to go out there and stay up there for good. I can use this as motivation to stay in the big show because if I screw up again, my career is over even though I'm nearing the age of 30. Yeah, that's probably maybe that'll that'll get him to kind of feel that way. So let's get look into what's going on on the field. So like I said, I didn't want mm-hmm. to get, go, go into too much into detail into this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Sox with their series with the, the Twins, you know, losing 7-2 in the, in the rubber match on Thursday. You know, they've kind of been some, some little bit of struggles, you know, with the, you know, just, just, just the pitching just wasn't very good. And, you know, Polanco, you know, they helped, you know, power the Twins, you know, the, to split that series with the White Sox. Cruz is now over in the, with the Yankees. So, I mean, with the, the Rays, I should say. So maybe, you know, you'll be seeing him in, the, you know, in a little bit too. But at least he's out of the division. So that, that, that's, that helps. But, you know, nothing too concerned. I mean, look, as long as you, as long as they didn't lose three out of four to the Twins, you know, they don't have to play, worry about playing the Twins anymore this year. So I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, well, not, not at home anyway. I know they got a, a series with them coming up in a couple of weeks in Minnesota, but after that, they're, mm-hmm. they're done. But, you know, I, I mean, look, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, look, you're, you're up, you're up nine on the now Cleveland guardians. We'll get to that in a little bit, but <laughs> we'll get to that in a, in a little bit, but uh, yeah. So what do you think? what do you think about this, this series? I mean, it, nothing like, like I said, nothing really too like, like to freak out about if you're a White Sox fan. Yeah, I was at the game Wednesday, and Dylan Cease did not look good. I'm a little bit concerned about him. He struggled in the last couple of starts. Hopefully he can get it together because, as we said all season, uh, the strength of this team is their starting pitching. And it has not missed a beat in terms of injuries. Hopefully they don't suffer any injuries. Hopefully the team overall doesn't uh, suffer any more major injuries. And the trade deadline is next weekend. Hopefully Rick Hahn will uh, bring us a, a reliever or two. We'll we'll see about that. But that Minnesota series, it shows it showed us that a different hero can step up every night. We saw what Gavin Sheets did in that second game of that day night doubleheader on Monday with a game winning home run off of Joe Barrios, overrated. <laughs> and we saw what Billy Hamilton did uh, in in Tuesday's game, um, driving in the go ahead score, and then Jose Abreu uh, with that three run home run. Jose Abreu has really turned around ever since that injury. He suffered against the Seattle Mariners last month, as we all thought, and Cleo surely thought he was going to be gone for a long time at worst for the season. Thank goodness that didn't happen. But Abreu had a horrible month of June. He's turned it around, around in the month of July. He's really swinging a hot stick. And so those are the few things that I took away from this series. Now on the negative side, including Wednesday's game, which I was in the park at, as you said, Lakina, before the season started, that mental relief outside of Liam Hendricks, the closer, and perhaps Evan Marshall, mm-hmm. that mental relief is in trouble. It is. I don't want to jump off the bridge. And if you're Tony LaRusso, you're giving guys multiple opportunities. Thank goodness if you have a seven-and-a-half, eight-game lead yep. in the division. So you're giving guys extended opportunities to showcase themselves. No one else besides those who 
two pitches that I mentioned are showing up right now. Yeah, and I think and that's, that's why I said mental relief is most important between now and next Saturday when the trade deadline ends. Well, like I said before, I mean, as I look, I said it earlier in the season. I've been saying it during the season. I feel like I'm, I'm a broken record here saying this that you know, if, you <laughs> want, if you look at the White Sox want to have a chance to go to the World Series, they're going to have to make a move in the middle of relief, and mm-hmm. and then and unfortunately that's you know that's been the problem and. You know, sadly, that's sort of still been the case. That was the case in the series in Minnesota. I mean, it was definitely the middle of the week that didn't, you know, that didn't help them, unfortunately. So, but unfortunately for this, I know Rick Hahn, you, know, you trust Rick Hahn. I'm sure he's going to make the right move, but there are mm-hmm. other teams that, that are going to need bullpen help. We'll get to them in a minute. Um, but, uh, I mean, looking at the series against um, Milwaukee, I mean, you know, some people are already kind of teasing that this could be the World Series preview. I don't think that's going to be the case, but again, we'll just indulge folks. I mean, you got Gilio against Peralta. You know, that was yesterday. Got Rodon versus Burns and also to the Sunday Nighter, which will be on ESPN. As you said, it'll be Lynn versus Woodruff. So, I mean, if you're the white. We're looking forward to that Sunday night game. That should be a good uh, one. And you know how, like, yeah. how, how, you know, very animated Lance Lynn is. So I'm sure he's yeah. <laughs> coming at the bid for this matchup tomorrow. But I mean, look, I, like I said before, I mean, look, you don't want to like, again, as long as you win the series, you can kind of also help the Cubs out too a little bit. But uh, as long as you win the series against Milwaukee, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I think there's no reason why you shouldn't at least win the series because I think you're a little bit better than Milwaukee, even though they're in the, you know, different divisions now and different leagues. But, you know, there's really no reason that the White Sox can at least at least just win the series. Win two out of three, I guess, that can only help, that can only help your confidence. Yeah, and especially after what happened in this series against Minnesota, like I said, it's not a, it wasn't a make-or-break series. You dominated that team all year. You dominated the division all year. Now you're facing a Milwaukee team, as you mentioned. They're, they're not great, but they're good enough to where they have a big lead over the Cincinnati Reds and the Cubs right now in the NL Central. Now, Tony LaRusso, he was an American League manager first with the Oakland A's back in the day in the White Sox before he switched over to St. Louis for the later half of the 90s and up until 2011 when they had a couple World Series titles to end his tenure there. Let's be honest here. Tony LaRusso is a, is a National League manager. We're going to see what he's really made of in terms of what moves can he make? Because there's no DH this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what kind of lineups that, that he'll um, bring out against a very good Milwaukee pitching staff. Like I said, Brandon Ruchov is one of the top pitchers in the National League. We'll see him on Sunday tomorrow for those of you listening on the audio version. We'll, we'll see what kind of lineup he makes. And we all know that he hasn't had the horses all year. They're coming back in a few weeks. But I want to see how Tony LaRusso really manages because – we all know this White Sox team, they can hit some home runs. They haven't hit a, a whole lot of them this year. But when they score their runs, they come in bunches. And we'll see what they can do against good pitching. And for the young guys on this roster, this is the closest we're going to see as of right now to what playoff baseball can be. You're not going to win every game with a home run. You're not going to win every game just uh, having your starting pitchers bail you out and you win one nothing. You had to create scoring opportunities. You got to go hit and run. They started to do that a little bit on Wednesday, even though they it was in a losing effort. I want to see them steal more bases. I want to see them hit and run a little bit more. And I just want to see them be aggressive. Uh, uh, that's what I'm looking for this weekend against the Milwaukee Brewers. Should be very, should be a lot of fun. I think that's you know good thing that they are getting the Sunday night baseball treatment. So let's go to the the Cubs for a second. The Cubs unfortunately lose three out of four to the. To the Cardinals, they have the Diamondbacks here at Wrigley. 
in the middle of that <laughs> series. I mean, look, there's no reason why the Diamondbacks can't. I mean, the the, the Diamondbacks shouldn't lose to the Cubs. If you're the Cubs, you gotta win. If you want to at least have a, a snowball chance to at least be you know in contention for the NL Central, which I think it can be. I think you need to win this series. Just not, you know, not you know, the, of course, the inconsistencies of the hitting, I think that killed the Cubs. Mm-hmm. They had to come back on Tuesday. Unfortunately, they weren't able, you know, with the seventh, you know, coming back from, I think it was like, what, four, four or five runs down or something. They ended up winning it. Yeah, it was uh, six to one. They were trailing in the ninth inning. Okay, so mm-hmm. they were the five. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, they, they all, they couldn't do it against on, on Wednesday. You know, they had, they were in the same situation. Just, they just didn't have it on Thursday either. So usually three out of four. So just the inconsistencies of our back from earlier in the season. Now it's rigorous, ugly head at the probably the worst time of the season. So what do you think, Sid? You just summed it up right there. <laughs> Not just that series but of the whole season that uh, this Cubs offense has been inconsistent all year. Uh, Craig Kimber, he's human. He had a, a, a big gaffe on Wednesday, but shouldn't have gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. You, seriously, you, you should you should be talking about a ser- four game series split if you want to be honest here, Lakina. That uh, that game on Monday, uh, they were out of it. They lost eight to three. Uh, they I'm not gonna say they didn't, they didn't show up, but it just didn't look like uh, they didn't have any intensity, any heart. But the rest of that series, I I, I believe they showed up. Now Tuesday's game, it was a, a great sign. They just couldn't build on the momentum, like you said. Now they got the worst team in baseball in Arizona. As, as we speak right now, and they can't afford to just show up, think they're going to just win a ball game by showing up and going through the motions. Uh, whatever happens to this team, uh, it will happen, but what you can control is what you can do on your own, and that's being the Diamondbacks by sweeping them. You, you should have swept them last weekend uh, on the road, but uh, there's no more excuses now. The Arizona Diamondbacks are the worst team in the league. You're still the Chicago Cubs. Uh, you're not the team that you were a few years ago. We understand that, but you're still a better team than the Diamondbacks. You should. There's no no excuse. You should sweep this team because you had four tough games against Cincinnati starting on Monday. Yeah, and no, that's going to be sort of the thing as to whether or not you know Jed you know Jed Hoare decides to kind of trade you know try to trade as much as many assets as he can. He's probably going to probably really going to try and wait to the last minute. But you know we'll we'll see. I mean, like I said before, I know people have had their you know. Sort of their trade predictions, you know, where is Baez going to go? Is Chris Bryant going to go anywhere? Will Rizzo, mm-hmm. you know, be able to, you know, get get some value? But uh, you know, I just uh, I think at this point, I think you just got to take it one series at a time, and whatever mm-hmm. happens, happens. Yeah, that's all you can do. That's all, all you right. can do. All right, so let's talk about like the rest of baseball. Um, I'll start. I mean, I think that the Dodgers. They, I mean, if you're like the Dodgers, I think you're you're sick to your stomachs right now. If you're a Dodgers fan, I mean, you lose three out of four to the Giants. You miss your chance of perhaps maybe even taking back the lead in the in the NL West, mm-hmm. and then you lose. You know, not only that, but you had you know multiple run leads in the ninth. Go, Kelly Jansen. You and they they lose three straight games in which they led entering the ninth inning for the first time in a single season in franchise history. So a team that's going to need bullpen help. I guess we know the White Sox need bullpen help, but it looks, looks looking more and more like the Dodgers are going to need need bullpen help. So that's yeah. another thing. <laughs> that's that's going to be one thing that's going to be the you know the look at you know in a couple of weeks with the trade deadline coming up. Um, of course, Fernando Tatis Jr. and also Chief Vlad Guerrero. I mean, you know the two dime, you know the two kind of dynamic, dynamic duos, if you will. They're on pace for 50 plus home runs this season. 
So the record for most home runs in a season, you know, at 22 or younger mm-hmm. is Eddie Matthews. You yeah, go all the way back to 1953. And of course, in the Negro Leagues, unfortunately, we don't know what the records and the, the stats were back then. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what, yeah, that, that's kind of like sums up what my, my thoughts on baseball is. I mean, you know, I think the Ray, the Rays getting crews, I think that can definitely help because they definitely need another mm-hmm. bat in that lineup. You know, they're only one game back from the Red Sox. You know, like, what, what, what say you, Sid? Because I think that there's, like, there, I know there are a couple of things that, that caught your attention this week in baseball. Uh, first, let's start with the Giants-Dodgers series. I don't know if you checked out their game on Thursday. It was a classic. I thought, yes, I saw that. Oh, the Dodgers, yeah, the Dodgers going to take care of the Giants 3-1. They'll take a four-game series split. But the Giants said no. It was two outs to go at the top of the ninth inning. Uh, the, uh, the umps got that call correct. That I uh, forgot who the runner was for the Giants. He was cle- clearly safe. It, the umps got the call right, thanks to replay. And then I uh, forgot the other batter's name for the Giants. He was up with the bases loaded, 3-2 pitch. You could tell uh, watching in live time that he had a check swing. He went around. Now, on the replay, he yeah. uh, on the, watch, watching in real time, you didn't think he fully went around. But on the replay, it showed that he ran around. Uh, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts came out and started screaming and yelling, tossed his head. I was kind of laughing like I am now, but I said, if Dave Roberts is going to get tossed out this game, which he did, uh, he's going to earn this one. He, he was absolutely correct. Uh, the Dodgers got screwed out of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of that. That, that game should have been tied going into the top of the 10th inning. But uh, the Dodgers took another uh, late inning loss. I know they're going through injuries, especially to their uh, dev of their roster and a couple of starting pitchers uh, right now. I know Walker Bueller pitched a heck of a game uh, on uh, on Thursday. Yeah. He deserved a better fate than that, but sometimes that's baseball and you just have to deal with it. So hopefully the Dodgers just get back on track. As we said before in this show, uh, unless it's a big epic collapse, the San Francisco Giants aren't going anywhere. Now, I still don't have them winning the division, but they're going to be around for a wild card spot. I think I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but you could pencil them in for a playoff spot. It's just which way they're going to get it. Yeah, I don't see. Like I've said before, I don't think they're going to they're going to hang on for the division either. I think the Dodgers will will get it together you know, with their injuries and <laughs> hopefully they'll get that bullpen situation right, whether it's Jansen or somebody <laughs> else. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't. Yeah, I I don't see them not winning that division. I just think that the Dodgers are just too good. Once like I said, once they get everybody back healthy. <laughs> I, I just don't see them doing it. I think the Gi- I don't think the Giants are going to collapse either. I think they're going to be right there mm-hmm. for a wild card spot. But I, I think they'll I think they'll be fine. I think both teams are going to make the playoffs. It's a matter of which order. But I think the Dodgers are going to end up winning that division. And also, too, before we forget, uh, this past Tuesday, Major League Baseball made history as uh, the Baltimore Orioles faced off against the Tampa Bay Rays. It was the first time that Major League Baseball presented an all-female crew for their broadcast. It was Heidi Whitney and Lauren Gartner uh, doing the pre- and post-game. Of course, you have Sarah Langs and Melanie Newman, the Baltimore Orioles radio play-by-play voice. They called the game, of course, Alana Rizzo, who worked with MLB Network before. Now she's back, and she did the field reporting. I watched the entire game. It it was a joy to watch. It was something different, something fun. They had a couple of players from each team mic'd up. For those of you that missed it, you can still catch it on YouTube. Just search it on the Major League Baseball channel. And you go catch it there. Uh, I enjoyed it, Lakina. I hope they do it again. Me personally, I hope they could do it during the playoffs. On, on I know that Turner has it. I know Fox has it. I know they pay a whole lot of money for it. But hopefully MLB can find some way to have that happen during the playoffs or perhaps in the World Series on a, on a, uh, on an additional stream on the sub channel. 
yeah well yeah i mean it was i i caught a little bit of the replay of it and i didn't watch it live but it should be mm -hmm. look i think look all five of those women are, are great at what they you know what they you know what they do and you know i think mm -hmm. hopefully this will be well they'll do it in the playoffs hopefully other leagues will follow so you know when uh, hopefully other leagues i should say will follow soon and do mm -hmm. something like this and hopefully maybe do it more often not just occasionally so but you know, congrats yeah. to the ladies and it actually turned out to be not a bad game so you know, mm -hmm. I'm glad they got a chance to actually call a thriller, which is, I think, that, that usually helps, too. Makes it the broadcast even more enjoyable when you have a, a great thrilling game, and that first game was. So, you know, it was, you know, congrats to them, and, look, hopefully, you know, this is this is, becomes a regular thing. Maybe they'll do it maybe once mm -hmm. a week or something. That'll be a great idea. As we mentioned, the NHL did it last year between the Blackhawks and the Blues right before the shutdown. Uh, the NBA, we all know they always have female sideline reporters and they have female analysts in, a local, in their local broadcast now with a couple of these teams. I know Doris Burke uh, has, is doing it with ESPN on the television side. She did it uh, this past year for the NBA Finals, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, hopefully uh, the NBA can do that, which I think they will. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, I want to see it in football. I know Beth Mowens, who's the backup play-by-play -play voice for the Cubs this season, I know she does college football for ESPN and a couple other sports as well. I know she's done it for CBS during the last couple of weeks of the regular season for the past few years, but let's see if the NFL can step up and do it. We'll get to more of them uh, on, in our next segment because there's other stuff going on with that league, but I want to see the NFL step up and do it next. Yeah. I know that, um, I know that Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer did it on their Amazon feed for mm -hmm. us. So, but yeah, I think it would be great if they can do it. So, Look, you've got a lot of great voice. Like I said, I think Beth Mellons could be, you know, could be one to play by play. I mean, like you said, she's been doing it for years. She's terrific. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, hopefully they can. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think it will be a couple years before we see it in the NFL. But I'm sure the other ladies that we saw, we saw in the NHL, we saw in the MLB, we see it in the NBA all the time. There are at least one female in one of the roles. So we'll see. It should be, should be interesting. But you know, congrats. You know what? It's look. I think it, it, it's fun, and hopefully this will be a regular thing, and we won't have to be like historic or anything like that. Couldn't agree with you more. Before we move on, let's take a look at the weekend series that's going around uh, Major League Baseball across the country. Of course, you have the Diamondbacks, the Cubs here in Chicago on the north side. You have Atlanta at Philadelphia. Uh, the Beltway Series round two this time at Camden Yards between the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, the Yankees and Red Sox, they'll resume their series this weekend. They got through that game on Thursday. Lakina raining all the Red Sox coming from behind to beat the Yankees in 10, 10 innings. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a death uh, march for the Yankees, but uh, it's getting pretty close because they had that game in hand on Thursday. They gave it away. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Also, you have the, yeah. also, you have the San Diego Padres at the Miami Marlins. You have St. Louis at Cincinnati. And a, big in, a big important series for both ball clubs. Um, both teams going in the opposite directions there. Of course, Tampa Bay at Cleveland gets the Indians for now. <laughs> They'll be known as the Guardians, as Lakina mentioned a few moments ago, next season. Uh, Toronto will be taking on the New York Mets from City Field. The Angels and Twins will resume their series this weekend from the Twin Cities at Target Field. Of course, you have White Sox Brewers. Uh, the I-90 series going up north at Miller Park. I'm not calling that corporate name. <laughs> you know why. <laughs> you have Detroit and Kansas City. Texas at Houston for the Texas battle, since both of them in the American League now. You have Pittsburgh at San Francisco, Colorado at the Dodgers, and Oakland at Seattle. So those are the uh, series going on uh, this weekend around the country in Major League Baseball. 
Yeah, that Oakland-Seattle series should be interesting because if Seattle can get maybe get two out of three, maybe they can get right back into the wild card spot in the AL and perhaps maybe make it a little bit closer in the AL West. We'll see. Yes, we'll see. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. That's me. Lakina, let's wrap up this first segment by wrapping up the 2020-21 NBA season. The Milwaukee Bucks are your 2021 NBA champions after defeating the Phoenix Suns this past Tuesday in Game 6 at Vice Surf Arena in Wisconsin by the score of 105-98. to Giannis Antetokounmpo dropped a 50-piece, grabbing 14 rebounds, dishing out two assists. Chris Paul led Phoenix with 26 points and five, five assists. Lakina, Giannis' performance uh, in these NBA Finals it's gonna. We might not see it right now, but it's gonna go down as one of the legendary um, performances in Finals history. I'm not saying it's the best, but it's ranked up there in the top top five, top ten. As we talked about uh, during the series for the past couple of weeks, Lakina, as he goes, the Milwaukee Bucks go, and there is no way for uh, Giannis to be stopped. As we said before in our last uh, couple episodes, Lakina, if the Phoenix Suns could design a defense to stop Giannis like the other teams had the last couple of years, build a wall and force it to become a jump shooter. He had a chance to win the game, but Giannis uh, couldn't be stopped. He did whatever he wanted to, especially in the paint. And Chris Middleton, hopefully there's some more appreciation for him now. Uh, he was the uh, the Batman to – he was the Robin to Giannis's Batman. Drew Holiday came big in these last couple of games. Mike Boonehoso, I'm still not a fan of, but I'll give him credit. Now he's a uh, NBA championship head coach. I know the 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 pressure is going to be off his back for now. They did what they were supposed to do and bring uh, Milwaukee his first title in 50 years, in which they did. And so congratulations to Milwaukee Bucks again for winning the title. Phoenix put up a fight. They just couldn't do enough to stop Giannis. Yeah, it was pretty much, you know, all Giannis for very much. I mean, he's a seventh player in NBA history to have 50 points in the finals. Join LeBron and MJ. What else? You know, he's done a lot. Um so many, you know, sort of stats you know, for Giannis. You know, he's the only only player in NBA history to have five All-Star selections, five All-NBA selections, two MVPs, multiple MVPs, a Finals MVP, and a Defensive Player and Defensive Player of the Year before his 27th birthday. He's only 26. Mm-hmm. He's a ninth player to win multiple MVPs and a Finals MVP in his career. The only players to do that at the age of 26 or younger: Tim Duncan and Kareem. So. Yeah, basically he's done. Basically he's done a lot of stuff, you know, Giannis to you know, mm-hmm. accomplishing. But and, and look, I think you know there was no way Giannis. You saw his reaction after the win. You know, he was, you know, he kind of, you know, sort of sat down and sort of kind of like enjoy the moment. And mm-hmm. look, it's their first title in, in, in fifty years. You know, the, for the Bucks and that franchise. So you know, you're happy for him. You're happy for Chris Middleton. You're happy for Bobby Porter, mm-hmm. who had sixteen big points. <laughs> yeah, who? I mean, who would have thought, right? But yeah. Like, Look, I mean, you can still say that Budenholzer should be fired. I mean, like, you know, nobody look, – look, look, I'm going to say this, and I think, you know, look, Giannis is definitely in the, the team picture for the, the, his finals performance. Let's, let's just – let's get mm-hmm. that out of the way. But also, too, yeah. I think people also have to remember, too. I mean, he did, you know, the Bucks didn't have to face the Nets, you know, at full strength. You know, Harden was, mm-hmm. wasn't 100%. Kyrie was hurt. And, you know, and, you know all the other parameters here – so I, I think that, you know, they did have to face Philly. So uh, the, the, the parameters of all this, I mean, look, people want to say, let's put an asterisk on this. To me, I think this, this championship will probably be reminiscent of the, the, when the Mavs won. But the service sales were a lot different. But I, I just think that 
I don't know if the, if the Bucks can win another one, especially, you know, now they're going to have a full off season. You know, we'll see how the Nets look at full strength and everything. But look, don't, don't take away. We're not going to take away their accomplishments, the, the Bucks' accomplishments and everything Giannis has done. You know, he was ordering Chick-fil-A, you know, in the morning, <laughs> early the next morning. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not – look, you give, look, you give props to, the, to Giannis and the Bucks and for what they've done. But, again, you got you to gotta consider the parameters and the circumstances and such. So, whoever won, I think, was good. People were going to question it. So, the fact that it was end up being the Bucks, you know, not everybody wants to. Oh well, there are no no asterisks here. Okay, okay, fine, folks. But you know, I think look, you, you you commend them for what they've done, and you know, you commend the performance. You know, the Bucks. I think Giannis just won and more, and he was not going to lose this game. Come, he was going to win this series and win the, this finals. They have to do. He has to abide himself, which he which he essentially did. Mm-hmm. Couple of things here. One, the Milwaukee Bucks, just like any other championship team, you're going to get some breaks, and it. The only thing is you had to take advantage of them. That team uh, was basically injury-free outside of Desenzo, who, who who had an injury towards the end of the regular season, beginning of the playoffs, one of the role players they drafted a couple years ago. Yes, Giannis was still in a hyperstated knee injury, but outside of that, that, that team was basically healthy. And, yes, you mentioned the obstacles they had to go through. Uh, they, and they went through them. They were the healthiest. We said it before the season started. Whichever team was going to get would be the healthiest was going to win this title, and that's exactly what happened. Well, they win another one. Who knows? But uh, the competition is going to get tougher uh, in the East next year. Let's not talk about the Western Conference. That's that's a whole nother uh, league in itself. But in the Eastern Conference, uh, can Boston get his act together? Which I doubt. But uh, can Philadelphia get their act together? Will they trade Ben Simmons? Brooklyn is going to be healthy this year. Can they actually grow up as a unit? and play together because if uh, Steve Nash doesn't have that, have that bad non-timeout call at the end of game seven, the, uh, the Bucks would have been going home. But Brooklyn, we assume, will be better next year. Uh, we talk about Philadelphia. If anybody uh, the top contender team in the East I'm missing, I apologize. But you, you're going to have to go through some teams next year. And so I – uh, it, do they have a chance? Technically, they do, but it's not going to be easy as it was this year. So I'm not going to put an asterisk either. As you said, we're going to get uh, to have an 82 game schedule next year. Now, n- number two, I know that uh, Giannis said that he wanted to stay in Milwaukee to bring the Bucks a title, which he did. That I know some people brought up conversations that, well, will this be a trend that small market teams can win titles now? I don't think so. No, and this is way so bigger than Milwaukee, okay? The, uh, the, all your four professional leagues are built on big market teams doing well and winning titles. That's how this thing sells. The, the, you just look at the history. The NBA has been known for that. Yes, the, uh, the small market teams has success here and there. The only t- small market team that has sustained success, and people don't talk about it because they didn't win back-to-back, and plus this Hall of Famer didn't have a, a bodacious personality, that's the San Antonio Spurs and Tim Duncan, okay? The NBA titles in 99, 2003, 05, and then again in 2014. And so that's not successful with a small market team. I don't know what is. But people want to have this trend now that small market teams are going to pick it up to start. Uh, uh, we're going to see them be more consistent and start winning. I know there's a big hatred with these uh, uh, startup teams, these quote-unquote three teams. 
super teams like you mentioned with the Dallas Mavericks championship in 2011. All three of those guys with LeBron Wade and LeBron James were healthy, and Dallas beat them head-to-head, even though LeBron James choked in the fourth quarter with those losses. But Dallas earned it, and they deserved it. But I don't see this trend of small market teams uh, will all of a sudden figure out and start winning on a consistent basis. basis. I just don't see that happening. Now, my third point, bringing it back to to Chicago, do you see uh, the Bulls having a similar success next year? I'm not saying we're holding up a championship trophy, but perhaps getting into the playoffs or perhaps going deep into the playoffs. It's I possible, think, but I yeah. got to see what moves that AK and Mark Eversley are going to make. Well, that's the only other question. Like, what, what, what moves will he, he and Eversley make? I think, will, will they mm-hmm. try to get Lonzo, Lonzo Ball? Will they try to get um, Dante Murray? You know, uh, what they're going to do, you know, going to move some guys around. So we'll see mm-hmm. what they can do. And I, I would say also to another team in the East that I think that depending on what they do, I would say Miami. I think Miami, you know, mm. Pat Riley has something up his sleeve. You know, there yeah. we've yeah. seen another names. You know, maybe maybe Damian Lillard gets traded, traded there, or maybe you know some people said maybe Kyle Lowry, another a name that some people say could you know the Bulls probably would try to uh, to be kind of like that veteran presence for everybody mm. since he's got a championship ring and has some experience, so that could help you know with the Bulls. So look, there's still a lot of things. The, the offense is going to be a lot tougher for Milwaukee next year. You get all these teams going to be at full strength. You're going to have a full you know, full um, off season, you're going to have a full game, say the 82 games next season. So I, I'm not, look, I don't think this is going to be a trend either. I think, like you said, I think the parameters and just the circumstances, I think that I don't want, I'm not going to say that they're lucky, but I, I think that, you know, they just started fell into place for them. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. Now, if, if you're Phoenix, you know, you're kind of sort of scratching your heads. You're wondering like, what, what in the world happened? I mean, yeah, CP3, you know, <laughs> was not very good in, games three games four and five but unfortunately mm-hmm. if you're Devin Booker you only had 19 points you're only eight for 22 you know from the field you picked an 0 for 7 from three you picked the wrong mm-hmm. night to have your worst game of the of the uh, of the final so that does not help so can they build from this I don't know I mean there are already rumors that maybe CP3 might go might go to um to the Lakers to help out LeBron and AD so just a lot. I think Phoenix will, you know, that's a whole, we've said it before, the Western Conference is a whole nother animal. <laughs> so yeah. they're definitely going to have a, a tougher time. You're going to have guys at full strength, you know, teams at full strength. So they're going to have a tough road going back to the finals, mm-hmm. the Suns, I mean. Yeah, before we close out this segment, uh, let, let's stick with the Western Conference. Uh, Thank you brought it up. Let's just say if Chris Paul stays with Phoenix. Okay, Golden State, I'm not putting them in a championship contender yet, but I think they're a playoff team next year. You have a You'll have a healthy Clay Thompson, hopefully Jay's Weissman, uh, the second year big man out of Memphis. He'll be going into the second year. Hopefully he stays healthy and starts to improve. You still ha- have a healthy Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green for now is still there. Mm-hmm. You may can trade him for a piece. I don't know. But I think Golden State will be a playoff team next year. Granted, they can stay healthy. Uh, Denver, they'll get back Jamal Murray at some point next season. Perhaps maybe after the All-Star break, you know, he suffered a torn ACL toward the end of the season last year. Utah is still Utah, but I don't believe in them. But on paper, they're still good. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas, hopefully they can make a move to get a second star. I know Christos Porzingis isn't happy. What mm-hmm. else is new? But <laughs> uh, Dallas, if they have a, a better surrounding cast around uh, Luka Dantich, they'll be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, I think they'll still be good, but Kawhi Leonard's going to be out, if not of all of next season, if, if not the majority of next season. So 
I think they may take a slight step back. They're still going to be good, but they won't be as good because Kawhi Leonard is going to miss the majority of next season with that his torn ACL and his uh, left knee. So uh, still the rest of the conference is still going to be good. But uh, the Phoenix, this may have been their one opportunity as well. If you're a Suns fan, let's hope not, but you just don't know. Well, and also, too, I think if, assuming if, you know, going back to the goal, say if Wiseman, because he's been the subject of trade rumors, too. So, we'll, you know, we'll see mm-hmm. if he even stays there, you know, also forget staying healthy, if he even stays there. Um, but I think like yeah. with the other teams, I mean, like the Lakers, you know, we'll see, you know, AD and both LeBron should be at full, both should be at full strength by then. Um, I think maybe Dallas, you know, again, we'll see if they can get somebody, you know, to compliment Porzingis, I mean, uh, Luca, because they, they need somebody there because Luca can't do it all by himself, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I mean, Denver, we'll, we'll see if Jokic can kind of hold down the fourth while Murray's still recovering from his um, ACL injury. We'll see. He might, the rumor that he might not be back till about halfway through the season. Utah, I mean, look, we've been waiting for Utah to kind of make that move, and we're still waiting for them to make that move. I mean, <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what else they can do. I mean, can they try to make a move during the offseason? I don't know who they can get to join their fray, but <laughs> we'll see what they can do. So I think some, yeah, the Suns might have a harder time, but I, I <laughs> think that maybe maybe with the division, maybe they can kind of they can get in there. But, again, we'll see because – Look, we're going to have a full schedule, 82 game schedule next year. And I kind of feel like all this stuff is kind of like, you know, that the dominoes will start to fall, especially once whatever moves will be made, you know, over the season. Will Damian Lillard get traded? Will Ben Simmons get traded? I mean, those are kind of like the two big names that are going to be kind of like the sort of like the, the questions that are going to be giving the answer during the offseason. Uh, before we close out, real quick, I was listening to some Los Angeles sports radio, both stations, uh, AM 570 and uh, 710, and they were talking about Chris Paul, and, and there's been rumors over the last 48 hours uh, talking about Russell Westbrook. Could the Lakers, do the Lakers even have enough to get Russell Westbrook? Uh, I'll ask you, Lakina, which, uh, if you had a choice, which player would you prefer to uh, play for the Lakers? Which player will best fit the, the Lakers CP3 or Russell Westbrook? I'm doing the shrugs. I'm doing the shrugs. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, can, like, will there be enough balls to go around? I mean, if you want more balls to go around, I think maybe CP3 will be the better fit. He can kind of be kind of the facilitator and just mm-hmm. let LeBron and AD do their thing. I mean, with Russell Westbrook, I know that, you know, he's an LA guy. You know, he went to UCLA for a minute. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like wondering, like, will there be enough balls for the three among the three of them? I mean, will they be able to kind of, you know, get along? So I'm a little worried about that. But, you know, you're going to have to, you probably got to trade guys. I mean, I know Shorter has been the subject of some trade rumors. I know Kuzma, mm-hmm. you, you may have to, you know, put Kuzma in the package, you know, have draft picks you'll be able to give to anybody. So I don't know. I mean, like, if you can just, you know, just sign, you know, CP3 because he's, you know, open. But again, we'll see. I mean, it's sort of, you know, kind of like that little sense of, okay, who, you know, who can LeBron get along with? I mean, that's going to be the million, that's probably going to be like the tiebreaker here. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, you know, him and CP3 have been on the banana boat together. So, yeah. <laughs> that's a, so you got to think that he has the edge. But then again, you know, Westbrook can kind of like take the pressure off LeBron and AD. So I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be very interesting, though, no doubt. Yeah. Segment number one is in the books. We have this 20 second timeout to take. More sports and more fun on the weekend edition of Second City Sports. We'll have more as we talk about the NFL, major moves in college football, 
the Olympics, and a couple of nuggets from the sports media world. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. We will see you and hear you on the flip side. Welcome back to the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG, SCK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, on YouTube at War Media, once again at WAR Media. You can follow the audio version of this podcast at War on Anchor. That's W A R R on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, and you can follow us on all social media accounts. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WAR Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Lakina, let's kick off this second half of the program. The NFL is in the news, and according to who you talk to, it's not for, it's not for any good reason at all. And everybody and their mama, as the kids would say, has an opinion on this controversial subject. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's sort of one of those things where everybody has an opinion and not everyone's opinion is the same. So I think that's another, that's sort of another thing we need to wrinkle that we need to kind of iron out here. But um, the NFL sent a memo on Thursday to, okay, I know it's a sort of a long, you know, sort of if you had, you know, didn't see the uh, Tom, Tom Pelissero, who does a great job with the NFL network, he was the first to, to, to tweet out the news. And Apparently, um, I guess that they said the NFL sent a memo saying that I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing what's what's said in the memo, but if there's an outbreak in your team and you know it's because of an unvaccinated player, not only you know there will be a for there will be forfeits and teams from neither neither you nor neither team the team that's you know, in question and the opponent will get paid. Maybe none of the players will get paid. Now they're giving. Now they're going to give some leeway if there's an outbreak. If you know someone who is vaccinated, because it's it's rarely, but it has happened. You know, with you know people getting vaccinated, people who gotten vaccinated who still get COVID anyway. But you know they're going to give them some leeway there. But you know if you're unvaccinated, you're not going to be able to endure to the protocol. So you know guys like me, you know Cole Beasley, the the receiver from the the Bills, has been very adamant that he's not going to get the vaccine. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals wide receiver, um, you know, said that basically kind of tweet out, say that, hey, I might, I might basically say he might retire. Now he says, deleted the tweet and just said, you know, look at your know, freedom. And then he brought out, you know, his girlfriend's brother who's in the military. He got the vaccine, got COVID. Now he's having heart issues. You know, who knows, who knows if that, 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 you know, that part is true. But, you know, some people, you know, there's going to be some divisions. Um, Rick Dennison, who's, a, you know, the OC for the Vikings, has been fired for refusing to take the vaccine. He's been axed, and I think this is just the beginning, Sid. So, what do you think? Because I'll, I'll hold on my eye. We we look. We've been saying this before. Look, you don't have to get the vaccine. That's your choice. But the NFL, being mm-hmm. a private entity, and other companies like them are going to say, "Look, you know, you don't have to get the vaccine. You know, but if there is an outbreak because you know of guys that are unvaccinated." Prepare to suffer the consequences and re- repercussions. Sid, what say you? <laughs> I'm going to take you guys back to uh, a moment in time. And we talked about this before we started recording, Lakina. Do you remember when we had Miss Cheryl Ray Stout, a uh, Chicago sports reporter from WBEZ, here on his program back in April? 
Yes, we did. And we talked about how college football and the NFL is going to get back to normal this year with crowds in the stadiums. Of course, we all know most, if not all colleges are required of their students to give vaccines, not just the players, but to the regular student body as well. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's a big college or small college, college because you have people from all over the world traveling to go to your university. So mm -hmm. we knew that was coming. Yeah. You ever heard a peep out of the college football in terms of vaccines? We'll talk about college football in a minute going, uh, regarding uh, other issues going on. But getting back to the NFL, I remember our conversation with show. If you miss it, you can catch that episode from April right here on War Media on YouTube. Um, we talked about this for sure. The NFL could have problems with this because the players have a union. The coaches don't. Let me repeat that again. The players have a union. The coaches don't. And we all know that the players' contracts are not fully guaranteed. So the, these teams can use it against them, especially a player who's on the totem pole of making the team. Do you, you sure you're not going to get this vaccine? If not, we're going to cut you. And I'm, and I'm, uh, hopefully it doesn't have an outbreak, excuse the expression of that, but that's a definite possibility. Now, as you mentioned before, Lakina, I do agree with you on this, whether we like it or not. The NFL is a private entity. It's different from your normal nine-to-five job, okay? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you cannot force somebody to get something that they don't want to get or believe in. And that's the same thing with our government. I'm not going to go down the political rabbit hole, but you know where I'm coming from with that. Now, as it was reported a couple of days ago, uh, 16 of the 32 teams in the NFL are at the 85% threshold of, of their teams getting vaccinated. The majority of the coaches uh, from all 32 teams have been vaccinated. But my, my point is this. If we're not close to 28, 29, or even 30 teams by the time the regular season starts, then there's going to be a problem. Right now, I think it's pretty good. You got half the league, half the half the league vaccinated in terms of playoffs, players already. I know 75% of the players are in process of getting their vaccines that have already been vaccinated. So I think it's pretty good. And you, I know Dallas and Pittsburgh started their training camps this past Wednesday. Uh, of course, the rest of the league will start going to the training camps early next week, including the Bears this upcoming Tuesday. But I think it's pretty good right now. Mm -hmm. If you had less than half the league uh, vaccinated, then it's a problem right now. I know some folks in, in the media want to make it a bigger story than what it is. But if this number holds or not improve as much as we get towards the end of the, end of the preseason, then it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I'm looking at um, the something from Mike Groffo. He tweeted this out yesterday. Um, there are nine teams at over 90%, only five teams at less than 70 and according to the chief medical officer for the NFL, Alan Sills, he says that 80% of players have taken at least one shot. So there have been that the majority of the players have taken at least one COVID shot. So if this, in this instance, where the, the one with the, the Minnesota assistant, you know, Rick Dennison, you know, the assistant coach there who was the O-line coach and the run game coordinator, you know, got yanked because he refused to take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. If you look at the bylaws, they basically said, look, I mean, all tier one people, you know, coaching and personnel, front office executives, equipment managers and scouts, they all have to be vaccinated. That rule's been out there since the summer, since like early this summer. Mm -hmm. So for now, it's going to be an issue for some of these. I think this is only the beginning. If the you know, guys are, you know, coaches are helping and say, oh, I'm not going to get vaccinated. Well, you can go because, you know, protect the money, protect your investment. And mm -hmm. Look, That's all this is, is about money at this point, because as we said before last year, like, and I don't mean to cut you off, but as we said fine. last year, like, you know, they, uh, the NFL did not lose one game. It was a few games that had to be shuffled around, but 
they basically got through the season without having a a, a or a makeup week, and we got through the playoffs on time. We got through the regular season on time. The Super Bowl was great as far as getting through. Uh, if you're a Kansas City fan, it wasn't great for you, but <laughs> neither here or there. We you didn't miss a game last year, and the players and the teams got paid through the network money because all the teams didn't have any fans in the stands last year. Now going over to this year. Like you said, the NFL is protecting themselves. They don't want to miss any games. Now with fans coming back into the stands and the anticipation of that uh, is, is big in the seven as we head, head toward the season. You have uh, storylines across the league, including here in Chicago. We'll get to, to that in a minute. But you don't want to put anybody at risk. And with that rule being set, Lakina, with the coaches, like I said, most of them are older. Not all of them, but most of them are older, 50 years or above older. And so I can understand why the NFL have them insist that they get the vaccine because uh, that virus is de- potentially deadly and more severe with older folks. And that's fact. And so I get why the NFL did that. And it protects itself from that assistant coach that they got axed on Friday to, to sue them because I know most people are going to tell them, well, you should sue the NFL, you should sue them. I don't think you could do that. Yeah. Well, and also, too, I think that they kind of warned that they look, you know, we're not telling you you have to, but if there mm-hmm. is an outbreak and, you know, your team has to forfeit because, you know, someone decides that, you know, there'd be, look, if you're going to be stupid, you know, look, we said it before, you don't have to get the vaccine. You don't, but make sure you take the precautions, mm-hmm. make sure you wear a mask, you know, make sure you mm-hmm. socially distance. I mean, look, we're not, look, the NFL made, I think, what, about $8 billion last year, 8 to $10 billion, something like that. And that's, and like you said, that's without the fans in the stand. That's most of the TV mm-hmm. money. So they want to protect that investment, especially when now with the new TV contracts kicking in, not this season, but next season. So mm-hmm. if you're kind of at that point where you're like, well, you know, I don't, like if you're, like if you're, if you're a Cole Beasley, if you're, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins, you're probably not going to get the vaccine anyway. But I think, you know, you might, some of them might kind of get talked into it because look, we're not, look, teams are going to be like, look, we're not going to, and I know Tom Brady is already saying he's not going to get vaccinated either, but look, we're not going to, you know, lose out because you guys decided not to get vaccinated. Or if you're not, like, if you're, if, at least don't be stupid just to take the precautions that are needed, make sure you wear a mask mm-hmm. and such. So, you know, I think that's a good number. But again, you know, I think Tory Smith, who veteran wide receiver, has a Super Bowl ring with the Ravens, said it best. And I'm going to, you know, get the tweet up here, but he's doing, be doing some TV work now, but he, look, I, I think that he kind of covered it for everybody because I, I, I kind of feel like there's, there was some people that are, oh, well, they're, you know, they're making, the, you know, the, 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 the players and the coach get vaccinated. No, they're not. They really aren't. But, you know, mm-hmm. but I think the fact that, you know, they had to have, you know, he said, why is everybody tripping over the NFL memo? It doesn't force you to get the, get vaccinated. It just says, if you want to be the reason why things are worse, your team will pay. There's a difference. <laughs> and, you know, he's right. So, yeah. And he's right. So I think that I'm sure the precautions are going to be, you know, if guys don't want to get vaccinated, I mean, that's their choice. I'm sure. Look, you're still going to get regular testing. And look, if you're like, if you feel mm-hmm. sick, you know, stay your butt home. If you're, if you don't feel, you know, yeah. don't feel well, that way you don't have to risk, risk, you know, going, you know, spread it to the entire team and coaches. Also too, did you catch Michael Irvin's comments uh, the I other day? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about if you're not committed to, I'm just paraphrasing here, you're not committed to winning a Super Bowl if you don't get vaccinated. Of course, Ezekiel Elliott spoke to the media on Wednesday's training, training camp open up for the Cowboys. Uh, he's not, of course, he had COVID before the start of uh, last season, during this time last year, during the offseason. He says he's okay, 
obviously he he's, looks like he's in the best shape of his life. We know he struggled on the field uh, last season. I know he's not attributed to COVID, but I'm sure it had a small role into why he struggled last year. But uh, he said that, you know, he, um, he, he took the vaccine, obviously, and he says he's okay. And so, but for Michael Irvin, I know those comments were strong. I know he's still close to the Cowboys, even though he works for the NFL network, but I kind of felt I was kind of, I knew where he was coming from, but I, at the same time, you can't force somebody to do something that they don't want to do. Even well, yeah. though we said NFL is a private entity. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's not a regular, like a the regular nine to five job. Well, yeah. And at, to add to Zeke's comments, I mean, he said that he came from a family where, you know, his, his mother's a Christian doctor and she didn't believe in, the, mm-hmm. in vaccines. He, was, mm-hmm. he wasn't vaccinated with anything, you know, growing up, but he did say, like he says, he did say he took the COVID, he had COVID, you know, he got the vaccine. So, you know, that's, you know, he he's, he's actually looks better than he did when he was at Ohio State. I know that's saying a lot, but yeah. <laughs> saying a lot but yeah i mean he's in really good shape so and look, look i'm sure there are going to be some you know, some guys are going to resist uh, yeah sure but mm-hmm. i'm sure you know the, the conversation the conversation is going to be that look we're not gonna look you don't have to get the, va- get the vaccine we're not going to force you to but you're not going to be the reason why we have to forfeit so you're going to get tested regularly you're going to you know do your social distance or whatever i'm sure there's still going to be some rules in place for you know, if, 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 if by the end of training camp, we don't get to that like 90% threshold where you can, you know, start to, you know, have, you know, have regular testing and whatnot. So I'm sure it's going to be okay. But, you know, I think that think this is going to be, I think, I know people try to make this a story, but it really wasn't. I, I think, look, I think it, look, we all knew that the NFL was going to do this. I'm sure other things, mm-hmm. I, I know that the PAC 12 has said that they're going to, they, they might follow a similar motto, model, but you know, I'm sure other, you know, maybe other conferences, conferences will as well, maybe some of the smaller conferences. So we just don't know. But again, I think like with schools, you know, in colleges and I know, you know, the Chicago public schools said that since, you know, younger kids not going to be able to get vaccinated since it's not available enough, you're going to have to wear masks. If not, you can't come mm-hmm. to campus. So like everybody's going to be able to make their own rules and they have every right to like the NFL, mm-hmm. look, this is a business. So look, you follow the business model and you can't. So, but in, in this case, you just, they're, they're doing what they feel they have to do. Also, this past Wednesday, the Pittsburgh Steelers opened up their training camp. Of course, the Cowboys and the Steelers will play each other August the 4th, I believe, in the Hall of Fame game, the 4th or the 5th in the Hall of Fame game. So those two teams went in early for training camp. And I liked what head coach Mike Tomlin of the Steelers said. I'm just paraphrasing here. He's you know, Regarding with the vaccine issue, he said he took care of that issue early because he knew that potentially there was going to be an issue that divided the locker room. And there was some other issues as well. He said, you know, let's take care of it when we can as soon as possible because uh, we, uh, we all heard this phrase, uh, it's tough to win in this league, the NFL, with no distractions. And, you know, that franchise has had a lot of distractions, especially under his tenure the last mm-hmm. few years. So mm-hmm. uh, especially with Ben Roethlisberger going into his last year in the Steelers uniform, uh, yep. you, uh, if you're Pittsburgh, you cannot afford any other issues. No team can afford any other issues. But I want to ask you, Lakeen, I don't know what the Chicago Bears status is as far as their – players being vaccinated. I don't know what their percent percentile is. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it'll be good by the time the season starts along with everybody else. But I want to ask you, Lakina, could this, and we kind of hinted this with Cheryl Ray Stout with our interview with her back in April when she last joined us, but do you think it will become a bigger issue than what we realize if these numbers don't improve, if the NFL doesn't see these numbers improve by the time the preseason is over with? Well, just a do you think that- it will become a divisive issue uh, in the in the in these NFL locker rooms, because we 
we whereas we you read a couple of the tweets uh you know we all know that people will t are on this side and some people on the other side with this do you think it would become a bigger issue if we don't see these numbers improve in terms of vaccinations well to clean up what you said said the, uh, the that that uh, hall of fame game between the steelers and cowboys is the 5th of august so which is a thursday okay. So just to <laughs> just to clear that up here, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it, I think it depends. I think you we read the numbers. You know, we, you saw I heard I told you guys the tweet from Mike Garoppolo. Garoppolo, I should say. I mean, you know, you got only I think there are only what, like five teams are at like you know below seventy. I think mm -hmm. I, I'm sure that number is going to go up, especially I'm sure there's going to be you know some you know some encouragement if they want to get back. I mean. Like I think if they can get at least to ninety, I think if you're the NFL, you'll be you'll be okay with it. You know, there's going to mm -hmm. be some guys, you know, even some stars that are probably going to not going to get the vaccine. But if you're like in the bottom of the, you know, just trying to get into the roster, if you'll you you'll have a better shot of perhaps getting on the team if you get vaccinated. Whereas if you you don't want to get vaccinated or you're unvaccinated, you probably won't get on the team. So that's going to be kind of be where it is now. Will it cost a vision in the locker room? I think we just got to wait and see. I know that sure it's gonna they're gonna like you know you know push you know guys down to get <laughs> to get you know to try to you yeah. know take the vaccine you know maybe maybe not I mean I'm sure they're not gonna, not gonna force their stars to take it but again I think it's gonna be like the lower tier guys are gonna probably be forced to take it but again I'm sure you know with you know folks like I said I think we just gotta wait and see I think that look if they're if you know knock on wood there is an outbreak and someone will have to forfeit if that if that you know forfeit costs a team you know the division or number one seed mm -hmm. or a wild card spot you know comes back to that loss that, that forfeit should they come back to bite you in the butt mm -hmm. that's going to be what is going to you know cause a lot of tension in the locker room <laughs> uh the reason why i asked that is because i believe you can correct me if i'm wrong i believe it's next week if not the week after i know hbo will premiere this season's um version of hard knocks yes. featuring the uh featuring the dallas cowboys and you know that's produced by nfl films well that uh, i'm sure that issue has been brought up already in the, in the dallas cowboys locker room will they show that on camera and uh, we already know the storylines they'll focus in on the superstars this year would be Dak prescott uh, coming back from his horrific injury from a year ago uh ezekiel elliott um omari cooper they'll you know what the highlight storylines are for for mm -hmm. that show. They're focusing on the superstars. They're focusing on Jerry Jones. As I said before, he's an attention whore. So excuse my language, but you know, he'll he'll grab any every camera there is. He's like the white version of Puff Daddy. Um, and then you're gonna focus in on the guys that's on the bench on the fringe of getting cut, and you're gonna also focus in on the guys who played in the arena league for 20 years, uh, had mm -hmm. that Kurt Warner story. He's been bagging groceries ever since he's a teenager. He's trying to get on the team. So I wanted to see uh, if the vaccine will come up with those types of players. If they, if it does, will they show that on camera? Yeah, that's good. I don't think they will. I think they want to try to avoid that. So I don't think they're going to show it now. August 10th, that's that Tuesday after the Hall of Fame game. That will be the premiere. So, I mean okay. – yeah, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think they want to like make this into a bigger story. I think it just turned into a bigger story because of the talking heads. I think in the end, though, I think they will. I think the NFL will get to about ninety by the time training camp, you know, in the preseason over. But I think they will be close to ninety. I think if you're in the NFL, if you can get to eighty-five or ninety percent, you're you'll be you're you're fine. If they even get everyone, like I said, there are only five teams that are, as of you know this recording. There are only five teams that are less than seventy. So. You know, if you want to get to that herd immunity we keep talking about, I think 
look, it won't be, a, unless it's made a big issue, it probably, it won't be an issue. And you won't, you, we probably, an issue, I, I doubt the HBO, and I think the NFL probably will not show that, unless it's absolutely like a really big scandal. I don't think they're going to make a big deal about it. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens with that. You're listening to the weekend edition of Sega City Sports. So along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. As we continue to talk about the pigskin, Lakina, let's go to college football. Oklahoma, and I believe Texas, Texas wants to move out of the Big 12 to go into the SEC. Are you kidding me? Mm, Besides yeah. money, why are they doing this? And they want to do it as soon as possible. Help me out here. Uh, look, you just, you, just took, you just took one of my talking points, Sid. I mean, it is about money. <laughs> that's, the, look, that's the only reason, you know, that the, if you're Oklahoma and Texas, where you could be, especially if you're Oklahoma, you could be like kings of the Big 12 They're part of the five Power Five Conference already. Yeah, like they're they're, they're like the kings. You know, they can always you know, compete. You know, they could probably have you know a spot in, uh, in the playoff. Look, this is look money is the only reason for this. Apparently, this has been going on for like the last six months. And apparently, I guess this report was leaked by uh, an A&M uh, person to kind of Texas A&M person to try to you know pfft, you know to, to squash the deal. Look, I don't know. I mean, this is just absurd. Like I said, I, I, it's asked that I've been saying in the last couple of days. Money is the only reason they're making this move. Because if you're Texas, you go to the SEC, we got to deal with Alabama. Not only Oklahoma, you got to deal with Alabama, you got to deal with LSU. Really? You really? In Flor- Florida? <laughs> Do you, you really? really as the kids would say, you want, you want any of this smoke? Yeah, no. So I, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't understand this move at all. Like I, like we would say, it's, it's a money move. There's nothing, you know, it's plain and simple. It's money. You know, you got that big contract coming up with ESPN after this season once they finish their run with CBS. Now, if you're the Big 12, do you're, they you're, know something? Yeah, not to cut you off, but do they know something with that TV contract that we don't know? I don't know. That's, that's what they the, may. That, that's that's a that question. may be a possibility. I'm not saying it is, but it may be a possibility. Yeah, I mean, but you got look, you got a pretty good deal if you're you're the uh, the Big 12. You got a pretty good deal now. Those are your two Texas, Oklahoma, your two cash cows, especially in football. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. they if and when they leave, I guess it's really a matter of when, but. You know what? You're you're basically stuck. What do you do? Do you try to maybe call call BYU, who is independent, or you know, or this team? I mean, it's just it's just you know, we're just seeing a super conferences, and I don't like it at all. I think it's absurd. I think it's dumb. This is a dumb move by Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, I said it. And <laughs> especially with Texas, I mean, you're you're barely hanging on by a thread in football. You go to the SEC, you're you're going to be even worse. So. Again, I'm sure if you're AM, I'm sure you're 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 begging. Also, Missouri too, because I don't think Missouri wants them <laughs> wants to be playing Texas and Oklahoma again either. So that's the reason why they left the Big Twelve. But yeah. uh, I mean, look, if you're you're Vanderbilt, you can just forget it, you know. I'm, <laughs> or you know, I'm, I'm sure you know Florida. I've heard, I've read that they they've got some concerns. Both the Mississippi schools are, you know, some of them are worried. So we'll see. They need they need eleven SEC schools to kind of say it's okay for them to come. Mm-hmm. You know. That's kind of the million dollar question. Can a and like talk a couple of schools to not you know, vote for, for Texas and Oklahoma? Now you hear that maybe that they want Oklahoma and OK State and not Texas. So I don't know. This, this whole thing is just absurd. So, so keep, you know, start talking to it because I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose it here. <laughs> <laughs> I know Texas has its own separate deal. They have their own TV network distributed by ESPN. And like I said, Oklahoma and all those other schools are, are like I said, with, uh, have a the big games are mostly on ESPN. I think, like, what's the Big 12? Help me out, Lincoln. Was it the Pac-12? I think now, not this year, but next year, they're going to CBS. 
I believe. Was it the Pac-12? No, it was the Big Ten. The Big Ten. Oh no, no, no. They have they have decided yet. They haven't decided yet. Okay. Although although the Pac Pac-12 has been floated around, I think the Big Ten has been floated around too. So yeah, CBS is in the lookout for another for another conference. Okay. But they basically they their games will get shown nationally every week. And if you're Oklahoma, you I'm not gonna say you basically own their league, but you do. I know Texas has been struggling for the last couple of years, but you Oklahoma, you're at the top of that conference as you mentioned. You almost you're guaranteed a spot in the playoff tournament every year. You're in the Power Five conference, jumping to the SEC. Can you tell me right now? Guarantee me right now. You go out recruit Alabama, which gets players all over the country. No. I know Oklahoma gets some players from across the country, but they basically get the majority of their players from their region. You know, Nebraska, North and South Dakota, should they go there? Texas, mm-hmm. uh, around there, uh, around that region. But you're not going to recruit Alabama. And you're not going to overtake that conference, at least as long as Nick Saban's there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I, outside of money, I don't know why they're making this move. It, it did like- Unless they know something that we don't know. Yeah, I think that's going to be like the thing, unless they, they, you know, tell us something, please. Like, I would love to know what's the reason behind this other than money. But you probably aren't, they probably aren't, don't have another reason, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> All right, we're heading down the home stretch here on Second City Sports, the weekend edition, along with Lakina McGee. I'm Sydney Brown. We'll be remiss um, quickly, Lakina, we didn't mention that the uh, opening ceremonies of the Olympics in Tokyo, Japan, uh, took place on Friday. And, of course, the competitions have, uh, with all these different sports, with the volleyball and basketball, they started today. Of course, the U.S. men's and I believe the women's uh, basketball team will start tomorrow, which is Sunday for those of you listening to our audio version. I know the men start tomorrow morning. Um, I cannot wait. Uh, the exact Levine is there now from mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls for rejoining Team USA. I cannot wait to see what he does on the big stage. And as we said in our last episode, like, you know, the preliminary rounds should be a breeze, but after that, it's going to be a hard challenge to get a medal, especially a gold medal. Well, and we've been saying the last couple of episodes, I think there knows, there's no reason why Team USA shouldn't get through the, the preliminary rounds. Like I said, they, they play France, Iran, and the Czech Republic. You know, there's no reason why they, they shouldn't be 3-0, you know, going into the medal rounds. That's when it gets a little bit tougher now. Booker, you know, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, they're now there. So, and the, the word is that maybe they'll, you know, for the opening round against France tomorrow or tonight, I guess, if we're going, you know, the time, time's no difference here, but you know, they should be ready and available. I think, you know, why not start Levine since he's got the freshest legs, but again, that's, I'm not a coach, so that's just mm-hmm. me, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting though. I mean, like I, like you said, I mean, it'll, it, I, think, I look at the Olympics as a whole look, I don't know how you feel about it, Sid, but like, I'm looking forward to them. I know some people are kind of antsy about it because they're afraid of, you saw the opening ceremonies you guys saw, you know, some, mm-hmm. some athletes decided not to, not to walk, you know, you're going into an empty stadium, um, you know, just the pageantry yeah. and everything. I know some, you know, also to you know, the COVID, you know, all of them are going to, or, you know, they have to wear masks. They have to, they put that, mm-hmm. you know, IOC put that as a requirement, daily testing and such. So the U.S. The U.S. team was saying having a director to Kevin Durant only his birthday is not until like September, so I don't that was kind of weird. But I don't, I, you know, this is his third Olympics, so you would think they, you know, folks would know when his birthday is. But that's <laughs> that's another, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking forward to it. I think that this is going to be, you know, interesting. I think people just want the escape. Yes, it's going to be weird with all without the crowds, but yeah, and the same thing on, on the women's side. I know they had their early struggles too, but you know, it looks like they, you know, they shouldn't have no trouble gaining the gold medal again. 
So, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing the games. You know, they're all going to be taped unless you want to stay up late because you know, of the time. There's, yeah. a, there's like a 13-hour time difference between here and the central time zone and Tokyo. So, you know, mm-hmm. you may be getting like the tail end of some of the competitions, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you had to watch uh, the live action during the wee hours in the morning. Uh, for your primetime viewers um, that will be watching NBC, they'll be tape delayed. So at least some of the events, not all of them, but some of them. And so, like I said, I'll be watching the Olympics. It's going to be weird uh, without fans because that uh, Tokyo's in a state of emergency because the COVID cases are rising. So uh, hopefully we don't see any events getting canceled outright. Maybe a couple of them be moved around, but I'd rather see that than events being canceled already. As we said before in our last couple of episodes, Lakina, I don't think it's going to be too disastrous. So I think they're going to be okay. You might see some minor hiccups here and there, but I don't think it's going to be really disastrous as many people expect. Yeah, I've seen like people already like going, you know, you know, going to doom and gloom, like, oh, they're gonna, you know, it's gonna be a big outbreak. And like, I think the IOC knows what. Say what you want about it, I think they know what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, they were gonna have these Olympics, you know, especially not, you know, canceling them last year. Come hell or high water, and they're they're happening. Um, so. You know, they, they had Sue Bird, you know, of course, they're the veteran um, women's basketball player, and also Eddie Alvarez, who his story is, you know, incredible, mm-hmm. you know, you know, immigrant, you know, his parents were immigrants from Cuba, you know, it actually, he actually ended up winning a gold medal in 08 in speed skating in Sochi for the Winter <laughs> Olympics, but, you know, well, baseball, baseball, of course, you know, is his, you know, is, you know, his near, first sport near and dear to his heart, of course, this is their first year back, baseball and softball, the women's softball teams are doing pretty well so far, winning their first two games, so, yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to look forward to it, look, I, th- I know the pageantry, like you said, it's not, it's going to be lost because there's no crowds there, but I mm-hmm. think people want an escape from everything that's going on, and I know people, like you said, I know people want like the doom and gloom, like, oh my God, they're going to be, it's going to be an outbreak, they're going to cancel. No, that's not yeah. happening, folks. It's not happening. I know, <laughs> I know people are, are, I don't want to say they're cheering for it, but, you know, but look, you know, the college football season went through with no problem, you know, for the most part, you know, there were some mm-hmm. you know, cancellations here and there, but, you know, the NBA, you know, had some of its issues, but they really get, they got through it. And the NFL, yeah. you know, got through some of their issues, and even some of the international sports, you know, Formula One, you know, they were able to get through it with, you know, some minor mm-hmm. issues here and there, but they've been able to get, you know, so far, you know, Wimbledon was able to get through, you know, go through no problem. So there have been some world events that have, you know, taken place, just, you know, w- you know despite the circumstances. So I think it, I'm, I'm sure the, the Olympics will be any different. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Let's do that hockey, Lakina, as the schedules for the NHL, uh, for the some of the networks, uh, and all the teams were released on Thursday. Uh, of course, here at home with the Chicago Blackhawks, I know they have other issues going on. We won't talk about that here, mm-hmm. at least as of yet. Mm-hmm. But focusing on the ice, the 21-22 season will begin Wednesday, October 13th, uh, as the Chicago Blackhawks will take on the Colorado Avalanche on the road. I believe that game's on TNT. We'll check that in just a moment. That's uh, the Hawks' road opener. Their home opener will be uh, Tuesday, October 19th, versus the New York Islanders. Let's just go through some of the highlight games here. Uh, Sunday, October 24th, the Detroit Dead Wings. That's right, I said it. The Detroit Dead Wings, the original six rival, will come make their only visit to Chicago. As, as we told you that the schedules will get back to normal next year, the Hawks will be back in the Western Conference facing the Central Division with the majority of the games. Uh, October 27th, which is a Wednesday, the Toronto Maple Leafs will come here. Uh, uh, going through the schedule Tuesday, November 9th, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Cindy Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, those guys will come here. 
Uh, let's see. Let's go through the rest of the schedule. Wednesday, December 15th, the Washington Capitals will come here. Alexander Ovechkin will make his only appearance here right before the snow. Saturday, Saturday January 1st, New Year's Day, they'll be at Nashville to take on the Predators and then return home Sunday, January 2nd, to take on the Calgary Flames. There's only three games in February because of the Winter Olympics. Olympics yeah. Exactly. So those games are... February 2nd against Minnesota for Friday, February 25th, when they return from the Olympics against New Jersey. And then Sunday, February 27th against St. Louis. A couple of the highlighted games to wrap up the schedule. Sunday, March 6th, Tampa Bay, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions will come here to the UC. Tuesday, March 8th against Anaheim. The Seattle Kraken, I saw it on here. Lakina, if you find it before I do, 7th, please 7th, shout April, it out for April 7th. April 7th. April 7th. Yeah, I see it now. Yeah. Thursday, April 7th, the Seattle Kraken will make their debut here in Chicago. Of course, uh, Tuesday, April 12th against San Jose. Thursday, April, uh, April 14th against the Los Angeles Kings. And, of course, the Vegas Golden Knights will wrap up the home portion of the Hawks schedule Wednesday, April 27th. And then Friday, April 29th at Buffalo, the regular season will end. So that's your uh, highlighted schedule. That's your schedule for the 2020. 21-22 Chicago Blackhawks. Well, yeah, and the the, the Colorado game will the, at Colorado, I should say that'll be that is a TNT game. So, mm-hmm. and all, of course, you know the, it'll be decided once you know the ESPN releases their schedule. I'm sure some of these games mm-hmm. will be on ESPN or ESPN Plus. You probably have to stream it, and I believe, yep. and I think yeah, I think all the games are going to still going to be on. You know the national stuff. Unfortunately, will, will not. I don't know if it's going to be subject to blackout like it was before. When the last time the NHL was on ESPN, you know, you couldn't get a lot of the Hawks games. So hopefully that's not the case this time because you would definitely yeah. want to try to get the national perspective with the Blackhawks. Now the Blackhawks, you know, they're trying to get Seth Jones. That's that's the rumor that's been mm-hmm. floated out there. So we'll see if he can kind of be that that extra guy right there, you know, deep into that, you know, that defenseman lineup for the, uh, the Blackhawks, which they really desperately need. But, you know, I'm looking forward to the Hawks season. I know there's some other stuff going on. We won't get into it, like you said, because I think that's just, you know, kind of like, you know, stuff is still coming out still, but it doesn't yeah. look good in that sense, but we won't go there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the Hawks. I'm looking forward to the TNT ESPN coverage of hockey, how they – if they if ESPN doesn't use that old hockey theme, like, I don't know what to tell you because that, that that's <laughs> not – yeah, it, that's like they better you still use that theme. Maybe update a little bit, of course, you know, it's 2021, but still. Yeah, speaking of ESPN, they'll have a great night uh, welcoming back um, uh, the NHL to their air race. On Tuesday, October 12th, the, the doubleheader, which featured the first game will feature the Tampa Bay Lightning hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins, followed by the Seattle Kraken's first ever game against uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Both games will be also be simulcast on ESPN+. As you mentioned, Turner, the NHL TNT, will debut the next day, the 13th. With the uh, New York Rangers at the Washington Capitals, followed by the Blackhawks at the Colorado Avalanche. And TNT will be your new home for the Winter Classic, which is January 1st. The St. Louis Blues will um, travel to Tennessee to face the Nashville Predators. Let's see. Let me read that right. Yeah, Minnesota Wild will be hosting the St. Louis Blues. Sorry. And then Nashville will host the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, that should be a fun one there. So, yeah, so – not too early to talk hockey. I know we got like a couple of months before they start training camp, but you know, it's, look, it's never too early to talk hockey mm-hmm. and see what's, you know, what's kind of look for and stuff. And we'll see what more moves the Hawks make. 
Should be very interesting. Yep. As, yep. And Jonathan Tazers, we know, will be back uh, at the missing last year. So the, the good news for the Blackhawks and Blackhawks fans. And so we'll look forward to that. Let's go to the sports media world. Lakina, there's a couple of nuggets here as we wrap up this edition of the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Tom Brenneman, who was asked at this time a year ago for saying a homophobic slur during the Kansas City Royals-Cincinnati Reds game from a year ago. He's returning to action, and he will call Cincinnati area high school sports for Chatterbox Sports. Tom Brenneman's slurs we mentioned uh, led to his uh, firing last year from Fox Sports and Cincinnati uh, Reds broadcast. He, uh, Tom Brenneman, a year later, has signed a deal to call Cincinnati Area Sports. Again, he'll be doing it for Chatterbox Sports, as we mentioned, as a website focused on Cincinnati Area Sports. It has some uh, ad-supported content and will, uh, some paid wall subscribers-only content. And here's the thing, Lakina. But that video starts with Chatterbox Sports. President Trace Fowler is introducing Brenneman um, in, in a video. Um, Here's the thing, Lakina. Uh, not saying people don't deserve to get sec- second chances, but uh, I know that Tom Brennan has met with leaders from the LGBTQ community. I know he's done some PSAs um, to help promote their cause, and I know that he's uh, playing the game in terms of getting back his name and getting back in good graces with viewers and listeners from across the country. Will this be his last stop? I'm not sure. Will he ever go back to network uh, availability, uh, network status? I'm not sure, but this is a step if he wants to go back to that spot. Yeah, I think you know people always want to see you know folks show a little contrition, show a little compassion. I don't know if if he'll be able to go back to the regular networks because I just think that the sustains there, and I think you know how Twitter is; they don't want to. You know these networks don't want to have to deal with the smoke from you know you know Twitter you know certain you know Twitter you know Twitter mm-hmm. you know fandom. So I, I don't think we're going to see him now. Maybe the local he's a Cincy kid, so I'm thinking that maybe this will probably be the maybe you know local stuff in Cincinnati. Like you said, high school. I mean that's a nice little it gives you a nice you know it's a nice little paycheck. So I think that's mm-hmm. you know I think that that's something he's back behind the mic. But as for him, like going back to the networks, I, I doubt it. I think there's just too much of a stain there, and I think folks are gonna are very mindful of you know these days of what you say, especially in this climate. Now there have been yes, there have been some mm-hmm. you know guys that have said stuff, and we're able to kind of go back and go back and, you know do what they do, and you know you know kind of re- rehabilitate themselves. But this is a different time, so folks are not folks don't forget. Folks have long memories, whether mm-hmm. you know whether it's you know warranted or not. So. Now, do you think that he'll do a local team again, which we, we know for sure it won't be the Cincinnati Reds, but do you think he'll do another local team down the road, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, whatever? Do you think he can kind of get back to that status and then not be on Fox, ESPN, NBC, or whatever? Do you think he'll do something local? Maybe. maybe. You know, let's say in the next five years. He's still, like, he's, I think he's still over, like, 58 or something. I got to look up his age, but mm-hmm. I think he's got to be, what, like, like almost 60 so some will say mm-hmm. that maybe maybe the age might be an issue for him but I, I look like i said i think he'll like he'll do fine like i said he's a cincy kid so he's 57 so i mean i i, I don't i think may, maybe he can i mean you don't want to say never say never in this instance mm-hmm. you know maybe locally he might he still might do some things but like i said i don't like i said i don't think some teams may not want that smoke so mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see 
Yeah, we'll see. Like you said, the weird things about you know, being in this business, weird things have happened. Like you said, we're in a different climate now. So uh, he's aware of that. And so uh, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a second chance, but he's working his way back up. And maybe he'll get there. Maybe not claim the spot like he once had, but maybe he can get close to it. We shall see what happens with that. One more uh, nugget for me, Lakina, uh, for my good friends at Awful Announcing. Of course, Maria Taylor, as we reported in our last episode, she'll be headed over to NBC. And now since the NBA finals are over and her contract with ESPN has expired, they handicapped the candidates to replace Maria Taylor on ESPN's college game day. Holly Rowe, Laura Rutledge, who's the current host of ESPN's NFL Live, uh, Taylor McGregor, who also does the Cubs field reporting, Katie Nolan, Katie George, and Allison Williams is just uh, some of the names that were brought up in this article. Uh, earlier this week from our good friends at Awful Announcer. Who do you think should replace uh, Maria Taylor as the host of College Game Day? Well, you think the and, natural- because they do the sideline reporting as well. Yeah, you think the natural choice would be Holly Rowe because she's got the most experience doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I think she'd be, look, she's terrific. You know, she's been doing this for, I don't want to, because I don't want to age her. <laughs> she's been doing it for, yeah. I'll say, a long time. Um, Laura, I think she's got some experience, you know, doing the two. But, you know, she's been doing a lot of NFL Live. And plus, she also hosts, you know, the the SEC version of College Game Day. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to want to – I don't think they want to take her away from that, even though I think she'd be really good. You know, she's, you know, she's shown she's mm-hmm. really good at it. Um, but I think – but like I said, but, you look, you know how black Twitter is, Sid, and you know, going to say, well, you you got you let, you let a black woman, but you replace her with a white woman? Look, I'm not saying that that's the case here, but, you know, you know how black mm-hmm. Twitter is especially so i ignore them so <laughs> yeah i do i do too but you but you know they're, yeah they're, they're you correct but i ignore them <laughs> yeah i'll say yeah like you know they're 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 they can be obnoxious they can be obnoxious most of the time i will you know yeah. let's, let's yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that <laughs> we'll leave it at that but uh yeah but look i think cassie hubbard hubbard i think would be great at because she did she did for a little bit when she was at the big Ten network she did some you know sideline reporting and, and and things like that i know some people have said maybe let malik andrews do it but but she doesn't have a lot of experience doing, you know, doing sidelines for, for football. So they may not want to take a chance on that. Like I said, her and Cassidy Hubbard should be the top two candidates for countdown. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I, you know, there'll be a countdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably going to be where it is. So yeah. like you got, you got, you got Holly Rowe, Laura Rutledge, Molly McGrath, Allison Williams, it would be, it would be great. Um, Katie George, who's definitely seen her rise in, in her stock. She did the ESPN. Milwaukee Bucks before she took ESPN yes, a couple did. of years ago. Yes, she did. Uh, Note that. Yeah, she did. And she did. You know, she works for the ACC network too. So, you know, she's, you know, mm-hmm. been getting a lot of experience of that. So, yeah, I, I think, look, I think those names I said. And she's been doing ESPN radio too here and there. Yes, I've she been does. listening she to does. her for the past she few does. months. She's, so. she's great. So, yeah. yeah. Also, Taylor McGregor, but I think she's also a little bit too young. So, you know, might be for that. Well, Chris Button, I think, would be a good one. Lauren Sisson, who I follow on Twitter, who has a great, you know, back, you know, I don't want to say great backstory, but such a you know, overcame some really great odds. So, mm-hmm. like you've got a lot of like, you got a lot of great. They've got you know ESPN has a lot of you know great people, you know, great females that they can get to perhaps take over those spots, and all of them are all very capable. And so it'll be interesting to see do they maybe do a split? Do they do have one? Uh, or or Jen Latta, you know, I've had on the show before. She's mm-hmm. terrific too, you know, from right here in Chicago. So do they maybe perhaps? Yeah, she does have, a morning show in Milwaukee. Yes, yeah, she does. Like, it's in Milwaukee. So I don't know if. You know, they may split the the roles and have her have one person do the the college game day and have the other one do the the whatever the the the, the prime time football game of the week you know is. But I think they want to try to keep it consistent to so have one do both. So mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, look, they've got they got a little bit of time. I'm sure within the next few weeks, we'll probably they'll probably you know 
release who you know pick somebody but it's they're gonna do a great job you know regardless so i'm not worried what about you yeah yeah they have some actual candidates as you as we mentioned so maybe somebody that they're considering that we don't know sometimes that happens in this business mm -hmm. so we shall see but they got a plethora of, of talent to pick from so we should see what happens anything else before we close out well more problems in green bay it looks like now apparently um we, well, we know about the Bears situation. We'll talk more about that next week. You know, with Allen Robinson, they're not going to discuss a long-term deal. But apparently, also, too, now Devontae Adams isn't happy, and he may not show up to training camp because he, you know, he you know, wants a long-term deal, and they're not it, – it's it just – things are kind of going crazy in, in Green Bay. I, I just, like – I know Bears fans want to say, hey, it's open the door for us, but I think you're in Minnesota. You're like, okay, hello, not so fast. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm wondering, like, will this be, you know, will this be something that we know distraction for the Packers this year? So who knows? Yeah, we shall see. But I think uh, things between Adams and the Packers, uh, like you say, Adams will probably wasn't going to play in the preseason any, anyway, along with Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers is a whole nother issue. But, but Devontae Adams, um, I'm sure it will come to some resolution uh, before the start of the season. So I – I, I'm not too worried right now. But another item, since you brought up the NFL before we go, um, wide receiver Michael Thomas, uh, he had oh, surgery yeah. last month on his ankle, which uh, he missed uh, just about half the season. That's huge news for the Saints because Drew Brees isn't there anymore. He's doing games for NBC. Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, uh, they're going to suffer uh, if he's not if Thomas is not there for the first month of the season. That, that's going to be rough. Yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're gonna. He's gonna you know, have a maybe ten thousand yeah. yards. Maybe rush for ten thousand yards this year, Alvin Kamara. So, because they really don't have anybody else in their receiving core. So exactly. I, you know, this is definitely a big loss for Sean Payton and that's and the Saints because, like you said, said you're gonna be dealing with you know Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, and they're not gonna have anybody to throw to. So, Alvin Kamara, get ready for ten thousand yards. <laughs> <laughs> yep, eight, we'll get, nine men in a box. Ooh-wee. <laughs> yeah, and look, we'll get into the once we get into like our divisional previews and stuff like that. But yeah, they're going to, you know, they're saying a four months recovery, mm -hmm. so he could probably miss half the season. So that's going to be a tough one there for them. But well, I mean, look, there's, look, there's, there's got some, some great baseball this weekend. You know, it'll, it'll, mm -hmm. a little bit coverage will be into it. You can watch on the NBC, um, on your, your local NBC affiliate, but if not, you can watch them live on the apps. And also some of the various mm -hmm. NBC Universal um, channels. So Peacock app, yeah. You know that, yeah. USA and mm -hmm. USA and um, um, MSNBC. the Olympic Channel. I get yeah, that on my Olympic cable system. Yeah. yeah, so do I. So yeah, so there are lots of places you can watch live, and also of course as this on the Peacock app. So you'll have some you know, some places to watch the NBC, especially if you want to want to watch the sports live. Yes. Drink lots yeah, of coffee. <laughs> Drink yeah, lots of yes. coffee for the next two weeks, I guess. <laughs> On yep, that yep. note, you can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can go to our website, we are, are com for more details. Excuse me. <laughs> you can, you know, we are radio.com and also you know yeah. social media platforms facebook twitter and instagram that's facebook twitter and instagram <laughs> yeah that's at war media once again at war media once again war media as lakini mentioned on our facebook platforms you can catch this show on youtube at war media war media videos drop every monday and friday for a sneak preview 
Once again, videos drop every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube for a sneak preview at War Media. Uh, audio version <coughs> is available every Tuesday and Saturday. New episodes on War on Anchor. Once again, at W-A-R-R on Anchor. Just type that in your search engine boxes on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. For Lily Kenan McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You've been listening to Second City Sports. And, you know, be careful out there, folks. Make sure you wash your hands. You know, if you're not going to get vaccinated, wear your mask. Keep your distance. And just be, just be smart and be safe. So, you know, this has been Second City Sports Zoom style. And don't worry, we're going to get right to football, too. So we'll see you Monday. Till next time, holla!